Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. My name is Bryson Foster, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, one of the founding members of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. He's moved on to some bigger and better things, but Josh, it's good to have you back. Yeah, I'm pumped to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, we got a lot to talk about this week with Daytona, the events of Speed Weeks, and a crazy ending to the Daytona 500 that went into the uh, early morning. But yeah, let's get right into it. So the Clash kicked everything off on Tuesday night. Man, what an exciting finish. We'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, was won by Kyle Busch. Uh, good to see for Kyle Busch, I think, for that crew with Ben Bayshore. First race, uh together as a team, and they won. Uh, Josh, what do you think about this? Kyle Busch gets back on track after, I would say, a disappointing year last year, uh, and they win the Clash really out of nowhere. They got pretty lucky in it, though. Yeah, Kyle Busch last year had a really dismal season, and uh, cool to see him come out of the gate, go uh, open the season with a Clash victory with, uh, like you said, new crew chief Ben Bayshore. It it was a good race. I uh, wasn't too happy about him moving to the road course, but hey, Put on a uh, put on a good show, especially down there to the end. So, really awesome drive by Kyle, being in the right place at the right time. That's what they always talk about, especially at these road courses. So, really cool for Kyle. Glad to see him start off on the right foot. I had a pretty solid day, ten of five hundred. Hope to see him have a couple more wins than last year, because uh, that one was a little sad. Being a, uh, he's one of the best in the sport right now. Yeah, we both, you know, talked about it before the podcast started. Um, it exceeded expectations, I think. I didn't think it was going to be that interesting of a race. And, it, you know, it was it was pretty good for the most part. So that was on Tuesday night. Then Wednesday would be practice and qualifying. So practice went smoothly. Qualifying would also go pretty smoothly, especially for the Hendrick cars in the front row for the 63rd running of the Great American Race was going to be Alex Bowman in the 48 and William Byron in the 24, a very bright-looking 24. Uh, that was subject to change as William Byron would wreck in the duels. But, again, we'll get to that later on. The duels on Thursday, the first one was won by Eric Almarola. Second one took a while to take place because of rain. It had to dry off the track. It picked back up, and Austin Dillon was able to come out of nowhere to really win that second duel race. Uh, the truck race took place on Friday. It was very exciting. Uh, ben Rhodes for uh, Thor Sport wins the first race of the season. He's locked into the playoffs. He holds off a hard-charging Jordan Anderson, who went from 12th to 2nd in one lap. Uh, Josh, what did you think about this truck race? You know, for a while there, they were single file. and the, I don't know where Jordan Anderson uh, gets his second second-place finish in a row at Daytona. Uh, what were your takeaways from the truck race? Do you think we'll see, uh, do you have any contenders? Uh, and what do you think we'll see the rest of the season? Um, biggest takeaway from this race was, might be an unpopular opinion, but how well Haley Deegan performed. Uh, didn't think she was going to be too hot coming in. She had a pretty solid race at Kansas last fall in her first race. But coming in a truck series, race in ARCA, she's obviously raced at Daytona, finished second. Come in, she had a really solid night, and uh, I'm excited to see what she, yeah, see what she can do in the uh, in the rest of the season. But Jordan Anderson, what a story! 
uh, tried to make the move up to the Xfinity series, and I'll touch on that a little later with what happened there, but goes and finished second and another photo finish for the second year in a row. It's awesome to see that small team really get some recognition, go up there, run up front, and contend for wins. That's what we're used to seeing out of him at uh, Super Speedways, and I think that's not going to end. Yeah, Haley Deegan finished 24th. Um, that was because of, you know, a late spin. And at that point in time, she had to go to the back. Uh, but, yeah, she sat on the pole for a little bit of Friday's truck qualifying. Uh, but I also want to get your opinion, Josh, on Johnny Sauter. Uh, he won the pole, led 12 laps in the race. Would you say that maybe we're seeing a resurgence of the number 13 driver, Johnny Sauter? And that team for Thor Sport, you know, they may go deep into the playoffs. What do you think about Johnny Sauter and his performance uh, at Daytona? Resurgence is the word that I would use to describe Johnny Sauter because his performance on Friday night was fantastic. He came out, he showed like old Johnny Sauter vibes, going out there, putting the nose where it needs to be, throwing it in there, and just making aggressive moves that we really didn't see out of him last year. Obviously, I think it was last year he had his double yellow line incident at Talladega where he uh, ended up losing a race because of that. And uh, he missed the playoffs in total. So, Coming out of the gate, having a really strong run is just what the 13 truck needs, and I think it boosts the confidence of Johnny Sauter. I think you can relate his season to Kyle Busch's last year. One of the best in their respected series, go out last year and have a pretty awful season, and then come out of the gate and have a really strong performance. So it'll be cool seeing Johnny Sauter back, battle back through the season and kind of make the resurgence, resurgence like you said, and uh, try to make the playoffs and hopefully go after a championship. Yeah, the uh, KBM team also had a very good weekend. Chandler Smith would lead the most laps out of any driver uh, with 22 laps. And, man, you know, this KBM team, John Hunter Nemechek led 14 laps. I mean, they were up front and leading something, you know, we haven't seen when Kyle Busch is not in the truck. Uh, Josh, what do you think about this young KBM team? I feel like – Chandler Smith was the right move and, you know, got that veteran presence of John Hunter Nemechek. I think KBM is going to go deep this season. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts about the performances we saw and, and what is to come for this young KBM team? When you ask me who the top three drivers, young drivers in our sport are that I think we should watch, the three names I'd say is Sam Mayer, Tanner Gray, and uh, Chandler Smith. Chandler Smith showed up last year, did what he needed to do, and got on this ride this year. And like you said, fantastic drive on Friday. And uh, that's one of the hardest tracks to drive. Just you got to be so smart at Dayton and led a bunch of laps. He has a good teammate, experienced teammate in John Hunter Nemechek. And you're going to be able to race with Kyle Busch, probably Greg Biffle a couple times. You got so much experience, and KBM is built for success. We've seen so many good drivers come through there William Byron, Eric Jones, uh, Christopher Bell. And we're just seeing more and more talent come out of there. Obviously, last year and the year before, it was a real struggle. Christian Eckes really wasn't what they wanted. And uh, they got rid of Todd Gilliland. So they're moving on. But Chandler Smith, this guy's going to be good. He's going to go win some races. He's going to make it up to the Cup Series and would not be surprised if we see him a champion one day. I've always thought really highly of him, and I'm pumped to see him race this year. Yeah, totally agree with with that sentiment there. Uh, Moving on to Xfinity, 
you know, the rain had a big part, I think, in a lot of the action this week. We saw that with the duels. And then the rain showed back up on Saturday, canceling cup first practice and most important Xfinity qualifying. So Tyler Reddick, Jordan Anderson, Mario Goslin were unable to make it into uh, the Xfinity race, which is sad to see. Uh, and then the race came, and Austin Sendrick was dominant. He leads 28 laps, and the defending champion wins the first race of the season, getting Roger Penske his first win at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. Um, Josh, what do you think about qualifying being canceled? I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to see Tyler Reddick and Jordan Anderson and Austin Sendrick's dominating performance. He's picking up where he left off. What are your expectations for Sendrick on the rest of the season? Uh, first, I want to touch on qualifying and Qualifying is so important for uh, small teams like our motorsports and especially Jordan Anderson racing. Unfortunately, since there wasn't any qualifying on Saturday, Jordan Anderson isn't allowed to make a race or qualify into a race until uh, May. Don't Not sure what track that qualifying is at, but I think it might be the Coke 600 weekend. And uh, so Jordan Anderson will not be able to compete in an Xfinity Series event just because he didn't get points from that race to qualify in. And especially for Tyler Reddick, our motorsports is a pretty solid, small organization. Really surprised how well they're doing. They got Brett Moffat in there, Tyler Reddick running a one-off. And I think if they would have had that extra power, they could have been a contender to win. You saw Brett Moffat give some good pushes at the end and try to get there, but just didn't have the help. And I'll touch on Austin Sendrick now. And, Started off the season, like you said, where he left off, Xfinity Series champion of 2020, uh, Daytona winner of 2021. uh, He's going to have a solid season. All these road courses kind of fall into his hands. He's been one of the best in there in the Xfinity Series. Now with Briscoe gone, who's going to be up there to compete with him? Noah Gragson at the road courses, Justin Allgaier maybe. Uh, He's going to make a few cup appearances. I feel like in the Daytona 500 he did. He put on a show. Almost had a win there, and uh, he's going to race some road course races. That one's also going to be fun to watch. So him and Chase Elliott are going to go after it. Austin Sendrick, I think, is your way too early uh, Xfinity Series champion. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, You know, looking at what he does is just so amazing. I mean, and he raced well in the cup race. I mean, until, you know, a wreck there at the end, but... Austin Sendrick is, I think, a young star as well. Uh, and, and Penske may have their person to replace Logano and Keselowski uh, in a couple of years. Uh, and, and, and to your point there, Brent Moffitt, uh, you talked about, comes in second in the O2 for our motorsports. You know, that's that's good to see. That O2 car almost won the race there. It got, got a little bit of a run. If the finish line wasn't so close, maybe moved back about... 10 feet, he, he might have won, but good to see Brett Moffitt in that, that young hour motorsports team, which, you know, Brett Moffitt talked about it in his post-race interview. They've done such a great job to be competitive quickly. Uh, this is a new team from last season, and they're they're running very well. Um, so Brett Moffitt, I think, he, you know, he's not running for points, but I think he's going to have a chance to win some races, wouldn't you say, Josh? Yeah, I think he'll definitely have a chance to win some races. He's shown speed in the truck series, obviously winning a uh, a championship in that. And uh, yeah, I think he had like a third place finish last year in one of his Xfinity races. Don't fact check me there, but it was a top five finish for sure. 
But uh, Brett Moffitt's a fantastic race car driver, and his comeback when he broke both legs in the uh, during quarantine, come back from that and go out there and win some races is quite impressive. It's a if you were to put a comeback player of the year in NASCAR, I think you'd give it to Brett Moffitt in the Truck Series. Yeah, I agree with you. As we move into the Daytona 500, I mean, what a race. You know, we did it kind of like last year. They ran some laps. The rain came. Hours later, we they ran the race. They were able to get it in on the same day. Last year, we went Sunday, the rain came, and then Monday. Uh, but the 500 was a great race. Uh, once, you know, we got through, there was, you know, a lot of single file, but the ending made up for it. Um the race goes into Monday morning, uh, passes midnight, and it, it looks as though that Joey Logano or Brad Keselowski is going to win that race. The Fords play great strategy. They're out front. They're running. White flag comes out. They come around down the back stretch. Michael McDowell running third pushes Brad Keselowski. Joey Logano comes down on Brad. Logano and Brad wreck. A fiery crash would ensue after the caution would come out, and Michael McDowell would pull off a stunning victory for Front Row Motorsports in the 34, and he was crowned champion of the Daytona 500. It was his first career win. I mean, in shock was a lot of NASCAR fans, including myself. Josh, what did you think about Michael McDowell pulling it out to win for front row in the number 34 car. Well, I mean, the race overall was kind of rough to watch. His single file the whole time obviously isn't exciting, but when you uh, have Christopher Bell making the mistake he did early in the race, uh, recommends to feel it, I assume that's what we're going to get. And uh, single file the whole time, but like you said, Michael McDowell getting the win kind of helped it to a, I don't know, uh, Michael McDowell, obviously one of the best restrictor plate racers, just hasn't got the win. And now I feel like I finally am allowed to put him in my Talladega Daytona lineups on Fantasy now. I've put him in my lineups for so long, and he always ends up getting wrecked out or something happens, but he runs up front and gets stage points. And now you bet I'm going to put him in every lineup I have from now on. He's a Daytona 500 champ. He was pumped. Everybody else was pumped for him, and I'm pumped for him. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, Michael McDowell is a deserving driver. He's been in the sport 14 years, has never won a race, and all of a sudden comes out of nowhere to win this one. He was in the right place at the right time. If, if you know, if we're going to use that phrase, I think here would be justified for sure. Michael McDowell is in the playoffs, too. That's crazy to think about. Uh, of course, he'll have to finish in the top 30 in points, but he normally does that. Michael McDowell will race for a championship this season. So as we move on, we'll get to some storylines. We'll go back to the Clash on Tuesday night first. Exciting finish to start the race season off. Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott, one and two, were racing hard. Uh, Chase was on older tires. Ryan Blaney was on some newer tires. They come into the final chicane, come into the line. Who's going to win this race? Chase gets to the outside of Blaney. Blaney tries to block. They collide. Uh, Looks as though Chase may get to the line first. All of a sudden, Rowdy Bush comes out of nowhere. It's a drag race to the line. Rowdy Bush um, gaps Chase Elliott and wins the race. Josh, what a crazy finish. And, I mean, this, I think, 
was what the whole week was like. You know, this started it off with a crazy ending, but every race was was pretty crazy to say the least. Uh, what did you think about this? You know, we we talked about the Daytona Road Course, but um, do you think anybody was at fault? Do you think there's a feud, a future rivalry between Blaney and Elliott, or do you just think it was a racing move? I don't think there's going to be a rivalry between the two, just because uh, how tight knit they are. They're really uh, best buds, essentially. But is it a dirty move? I think so. Could be an unpopular opinion, but I think so. Chase knew what was going to happen when he dove it in there, and he's not on the turtles, but you see his car turn left in it. So I don't know. I think it was a dirty move. Blaney should have won the race, but uh, Kyle Busch, right place, right time. He said it with Michael McDowell. He goes out, wins the clash, and uh, starts his uh, season off with a Bush Clash victory. Yeah, I, I think it was more of a racing move. You know, that's just just my opinion. I'm one of those people that loves hard-nosed racing. Uh, but I do think, why are y'all racing so hard? That was my thought. It's not even a points-paying race. Um, but I guess if you want to win, you want to win. That's just the heat of competition there. Um, yeah, Chase Elliott with the move that takes out Blaney and pretty much ended his chances of winning that race. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there will be a future rivalry. Like you said, they're, they're good friends. But as we move into uh, our next topic, William Byron had to go to the back. He qualified for the front row, but wrecked. And there was about nine other cars um, that had to go to the back as well, which was crazy. You know, some of the big ones, Truex had to go to the back as well. Bubba Wallace had to go to the back. There was a lot of drivers going to the back, failing pre-race inspection. Um, Josh, what did you think about this? William Byron was kind of in the heat of things in the dual race. Do you think he should have gone to the back and just let things play out and keep that qualifying position? Or, you know, do, do you think he was right being up there uh, trying to race for the win? Well, I, uh, I have a really, like, mixed opinion on this. With the duels now being points-paying races for the top 10 finishers, you really kind of want to race up front and you want to get those points because you see it come down to the playoffs every year. You go 26 races in the regular season. It comes down to one or two points for the final playoff spot. So I think it's like you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. So going to the back, he was in the back when the wreck happened and he just ended up getting caught in it. And uh, it sucks because that was a fast car. Could have won the 500. Then it ended up having troubles in the early wreck in the um, – what, lap 15, 14, one of those two early in the day 10 of 500, and his day was essentially done there. But that's what you get when you have these guys battling for positions and trying to make the show. And speaking of making the show, Ty Dillon, Timmy Hill, Noah Gragson, and Garrett Smithley didn't make it. Garrett Smithley being the one that stuck his nose in there with Keselowski trying to make the move on Gragson, taking out Gragson, taking out Smithley, and wrecking a bunch of race cars. So they all didn't make it, but the way Ty Dillon didn't make the race is stirring up a lot of controversy. He didn't finish as a top finishing open car. So Ryan Priest, who was locked in from qualifying on Wednesday, ended up being the top finishing car. So Austin Sindrick got in from qualifying time. It was really confusing when I heard it. It's still really confusing, but I understand it now. I want to get your take, Bryson. Should they change the requirements to get into the 500 to make sure this incident doesn't happen again? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. I don't really understand why 
Ryan Priest was trying to race in. I mean, if he got in on time, I think um, they they shouldn't be competing uh, for a spot. They shouldn't have to race in. Um, I feel bad for Ty Dillon because he got passed coming to the line by Ryan Priest, who got in on time. So Ryan Priest raced in, and then that allowed for Austin Cendrick to get in. It, it, it is sad to see because Ty Dillon is, is one of those guys that you want to root for. He doesn't have a full-time ride. Uh, and he, he wasn't able to. I do think that they should change the requirements. Like I said, if you make it in on time, you shouldn't have to race in. You should already be in. And then they should let the rest of the drivers race in to get those two spots. Um, but, yeah, it, it was sad to see. I'm sad to see Ty Dillon didn't make it. Um, he'll hopefully try to come to the road course this weekend uh, and get to run. But two years in a row that the car that Ty Dillon was driving for, the 96 Forgot Brothers Racing did not make the Daytona 500. Uh, it, it was sad to see Ty Dillon not make it in um, to the show. What about you, Josh? Do you think they should change it? How should they change it, uh, more importantly? I think it should be – so there should be – the people who are locked in, they got their charters. We don't. I don't think we're going to see that deal uh, changing anytime soon because that's a good way NASCAR is making money. But – I think there shouldn't be an instance where Ty Dillon doesn't make that race as the best finishing open car. I think the two cars from qualifying should be locked in on speed no matter what. They're already in the show. And then just go to the duels, give me the top finishing open drivers out of that race, and put them in. Because they're racing for it. It shouldn't matter. They shouldn't have to be racing a car that's already locked in. And that's essentially what they were doing uh, this this week in the duels. So... It's kind of frustrating because I think Ty Dillon deserved it, but uh, Austin Cindric sure did put on a show. I don't know if Ty Dillon would have done as good as Austin Cindric did in the 500, so uh, don't really know what to do on that, but I think Noah Gragson, if he would have got in, if it wasn't for that wreck, he would have put on a show. He would have gone up there, led laps, and uh, really probably could have avoided the single file because he's an aggressive, hard-nosed race car driver. Yeah, another question I have for you, Josh, is you have the Rick Ware cars who couldn't even keep speed really in the race. They weren't in, you know, the pack trying to race for the win. They have, you know, I would say arguably four four of the worst cars out on the track. And they're getting in because they're a charter. I think that needs to change as well. I mean, what do you think about that, Josh? I mean, I know you said that, you know, it's got to do with them making money, but don't you think that's just uh, a little unfair? I would say that you go out to Daytona and you don't even have good equipment, but you're able to make the show over uh, a driver like like Ty Dillon, who has won stages, who has led laps uh, in the Cup Series. After talking to some friends uh, during the week, I kind of, like, got the idea, and it's like a smart idea you had. The top 30 in points should be able to retain their charter and it just kind of gives teams something to work for. Because you look at these Rick Ware cars, you had Derek Cope, wrecks like on lap five, sucks in the duels, can't even keep pace with the lead draft, and he's going laps down early in, in a 60-lap event for the duel. So they need something to work for, something to improve. We talked about teams like Spire Motorsports, who back when they had their Daytona win, we talked about them, oh, they're just here for the money. They've made some significant improvements. Corey LaJoy went out there this week, was running top 10. Jamie McMurray was running top 10, wrecked his car, came back, and got back in the top 10. So 
they need something to work for. And Rick Ware Racing just doesn't improve the cars. They're fielding cars in the Rolex 24. They're fielding cars in the IndyCar field. And they're fielding backmarker teams in Cup. And they cause more wrecks than they do anything else. So there needs to be some system to make people improve, make people push the limits and try to get faster instead of being content with running in the back. Because I know as a driver, if I was in that seat, I'd be mad. I want to go out there and win, and I don't want to be riding in the back. And if you can't field one competitive car, don't try to field four back markers. I don't know. It's a money It's a money scheme they have, and it's a business model that they understand that I don't. But uh, I don't know. From a racing perspective, it's quite frustrating. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, as, as as we move on, uh, you know, we're going to give some, some driver shout-outs here. First off, Corey Roper in the truck, striving for the 04 for Roper Racing. Uh, the first year in a long time being full-time. He comes home third in a strong truck finish. He almost won the race. He was leading on the final lap. Jason White also had the fastest lap in the Xfinity Series in the 23 at Daytona. So good to see those two. Uh, but as we move into Denny Hamlin's dominating performance, um, Josh, what do you think about Denny Hamlin leading 98 laps in this race? Um, he's moving closer to the top of the lap sled in the 500 list. He doesn't win the race, but Denny Hamlin, I would say, arguably, may be the greatest driver on you know the super speedways that we've ever seen. What do you think about that statement? Um, and Denny Hamlin, again, dominating performance in the 598 laps led. Uh, that's almost half of the laps in the whole race. You stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, when you asked that question, I was going to be like, Denny Hamlin is the best super speedway racer that we've had in NASCAR right now, if not ever. He always finds a way up front. Daytona, he won three Daytona 500s. He's gone for four and led 98 laps yesterday. He won at Talladega last year. He's always up front. He's one of the best in the sport, and he's got to get that championship. I know it's coming soon. Could be this year. Was almost it last year, but he's going to get a championship, and it's going to come, and he's going to get a super speedway win again this year. It's crazy if you count him out of a super speedway victory. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, keeping it in the 500, uh, the wreck early in the race, Takes out or damages 16 cars. Alex Bowman was out of the race. Truex um, was damaged. You've got some other names. Eric Jones, Jamie Mack, Diabenedetto, Newman, Almarola, Busher, Blaney, Byron. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, so it was a crazy start to the 500. Uh, also, Ryan Priest had a great week. He turned out finishing sixth. Uh, ben explained it last week that you know, they don't have full sponsorship. JTG does. They've sold that charter. Ryan Priest showed up and showed out with a great week to finish sixth. Also, Spire Motorsports shows up and puts both cars in the top ten. So, the 77 of J.D. McMurray and the 7 of Corey LaJoy finish in the top ten in the race. So, let's look ahead to this weekend. We're keeping it in Daytona, but we're going from the Oval to the road course. Uh, we had some pretty fun races last year, some huge crashes <laughs> in these races last year as well. Um, so, Josh, let's, you know, preview these races. Trucks on Friday, Xfinity on Saturday, Cup on Sunday. You know, you had Truck Sheldon Creed won last year, holding off teammate Brett Moffitt to take the win. In the Xfinity Series, Sendrick comes out of nowhere to win. Hard-fought racing between 
Briscoe and Almondinger and Almondinger and Allgaier got into it. Uh, and then Cup, Chase Elliott holds off Denny Hamlin. So any drivers uh, you think we should look for this week? And, you know, what are your expectations for these races? Um, it's going to be, you know, a little bit different. or moving from the Oval uh, back to the road course. What are your thoughts on this weekend's events? And what are you, which event are you looking most forward to? Well, I'll start off with that last question. The event I'm looking most forward to is the truck race. In the truck series, we don't have a road course ringer. In Xfinity, you have Austin Cindric. In Cup, you have Truex and Chase Elliott. In the truck series, you don't. You have a bunch of essentially small-town boys going out there and putting together some uh, pieces and running out there on a truck series schedule. You got the big teams, but you also got a Corey Roper who finished uh, – third on Friday you don't but you don't have any road course ringers and I think that's what makes truck series road course racing so exciting they do it at Canadian Tire there was never like a repeat winner there's always something crazy last year there was a really good race and Sheldon Creed ended up taking it home but then Xfinity series I think Noah Gragson's getting there in a road course but he's not on Austin Cendrick's level so it could be a good race there I don't want to predict anything for that because I still think Austin Cindric's going to walk away with it. So I won't, uh, I won't embarrass myself with a foolish take here. And the next, or the Cup Series, you just, you you got to say Chase Elliott. It's, you got to put his name on a potential winner. Won it last year, won the Roval, almost won here last week. He wins every road course race. He's won the last four points paying road course races. You'd be foolish not to think he might do it again, but uh, Denny Hamlin looked good in the race last year. Martin Truex Jr. is another good road course ringer, and Austin Cindric might be in this race too. So we got a lot of big names to look for. Cup Series race I think is going to be really good. The new package that they're bringing looked really good in the Clash. So excited to do it, but there's one race a non-race fan has to watch. Watch the truck race. It's going to be a show. Yeah, I think also you look at the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, what do both series have alike? Well, that's that A.J. Allmendinger will drive in both this weekend. A.J. Allmendinger almost won the Xfinity Series race uh, last year, so I think he's got a good chance to win it this weekend. But I want to see what he does in the cup race. I want to see where Colin goes. Where where are they fitting? Will they be up front? Will they run mid-pack? I think Allmendinger's one of the best racers um, on any road course, if not arguably the best. Um, also, in the Xfinity Series, I want to see round two of Almendinger and Allgaier, and I think we will see that. I think both will be be competing for wins. GMS looked really good on the truck road course last year, so I expect them to do the same. Uh, but like you said, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, those are definitely, I think, two of the favorites. But also, I was thinking about this today. We could see Michael McDowell, Win two races in a row. He's quite a good road course racer. So I think that's a storyline to definitely watch for on Sunday in the cup race. Well, as we move along, next segment, rookie rundown. Only two rookies to talk about. Chase Briscoe finished 19th in the race during the rain delay. There's a, a funny video out of him and his wife going and getting fast food. And Anthony Alfredo was a part of the wreck on lap 15 that took out, you know, 16 drivers in the field. He finishes 32nd. Not much to talk about with the rookies. They weren't really in contention uh, to win the race. So as we move to the show wrap-up, uh, we will look at our picks. Uh, so me and Ben have decided that we are going to keep track. He's not here this week, but 
Uh, he has sent in our, sent in his picks. Right now, we are tied at zero. We did not get any picks right last week. Uh, and we'll also have a guest picker section. Josh will be the first guest picker. But we'll get Ben's picks first uh, for the truck series. Ben picks Brett Moffat, came in second last year. Xfinity, Noah Gragson, the two Ben picks. And for Cup, he picks Trix Jr., who had a top three last season as well. Josh, I'll let you go first. Who is your truck pick for this weekend? Truck pick, I'm going to have to stick with the uh, team who performed really good last year, GMS Racing. But instead of last year's winner, I'm going to go with Zane Smith. He's been pretty good on road courses. He's been pretty good all around, uh, really. So going to be exciting to see him come through the pack. He's a good, uh, he's just a good overall racer, really good at the mile and a half. So I think he's a dark horse championship contender this year. Yeah, I'm going to pick Sheldon Creed to go back to back. Josh, who do you got for the Xfinity Series race? I uh, talked about it earlier and uh, probably going to be pretty basic with these last two picks, but Austin Sendrick's my pick for the Xfinity race. Like I said, road course ringer, nobody to compete with really besides AJ Allmendinger, so... He's gonna uh, he's gonna be one to watch. So for Xfinity Series, you're talking about road course ringers. Well, AJ Allmendinger rhymes with that dinger ringer. Anyways, uh, bad joke. AJ Allmendinger will win. He's my pick for the Xfinity Series. He got so close last season. He'll get it done this weekend. So Josh, who you got for the Cup Series? Uh, I, I can see your pick on the show sheet. I think it's a pretty good pick. I think you got a good chance to win this week. Yeah, we got to move away from these cheesy jokes. Come on. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Uh, like I said, basic pick, but I think he can go out there and win it. Did it last year. Like I said, won the last four points paying road course races. MS came up in the clash and uh, was victorious. So Chase Elliott's my pick to win the race. And I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin. So close in the 500. Came second last season. I think he gets it done uh, this weekend as well. Well, that is going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Josh, it was a pleasure, like always, to get to sit down and talk some racing with you. Um, but, man, Josh, you got some big projects coming on uh, with the Behind the Wall podcast. So, man, you're, you're doing some great things. Um, just tell some of the people to go check that out. Yeah, I am uh, kind of did two podcasts. I'd work with a couple of my buddies with behind the wall media and we do the behind the wall podcast. So we're on Twitter at behind the wall, Instagram behind the wall media and uh, look up the behind the wall podcast, wherever you stream podcasts after you listen to this one. Yeah. Thanks again, Josh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up uh, for the burning it down racing podcast. We will see you next week to recap everything. They kind of road course and we'll look ahead to Homestead, Miami. Thank you so much. See you next time.